Florida State won 10 games last season for the first time since 2016, and the expectations are even higher this year. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Essen Kasim of uh, the uh, Tallahassee Democrat, and good to have you on the show. And let, let's start. Uh, you know, obviously they've added considerable talent under coach Mike Norvell, Norvell, a former Arizona State assistant. When he was here as a young assistant, uh, assistant, he certainly didn't lack for confidence, maybe even cocky at times. So how would you describe Norvell as he now enters his fourth season as the uh, Florida State head coach? Yeah, I think um, confident would be a correct term. Um, he believes in the team um, at a press conference at the end of the year. He, he mentioned to us, you know, everyone in the media said, you know, didn't believe that this was going to be a 10-win team. But he kept saying this was something a team believed in the entire time. This is something a team believed in the entire time. He's believed in his offense that's going to work in the ACC. He's believed in Jordan Travis. So he believes in this product, and we're seeing, like, you know, it pay out in on the field and in recruiting where they've been on fire of late. They also, you know, the Arizona connection, Arizona State connection continues. They have uh... – the roster includes Johnny Wilson, who began his career here. Uh, he had issues just catching the ball when he was here. Needless to say, he's gotten a whole lot better in that area. Uh, talk about his rapport in Tallahassee uh, with uh, quarterback Jordan Travis. No, um, Johnny Wilson was someone that was identified as a breakout player last year. And it was that Louisville game where he broke out, kind of took over after Jordan Travis went down, where he, he made a national name for himself that people got to know who he was. And then slowly he's improved that you mentioned the drops. It's still a little bit of an issue from here and there. He will drop an easy one. Then he makes a ridiculous catch against Oklahoma that sets up the game winning field goal in the Cheez It Bowl. So he has all the talent in the world. Him coming back I think he worked himself into like, you know, a second day pick if he wanted to last year after the Cheez It Bowl, but Coming back, he probably has a chance to work himself into the first day and a, a first day draft discussion to the first round. We'll see how that plays out because that size and speed he has is elite. Not many people, um, players in the NFL can match that. But it's just you know confidence and making sure he finishes catches. And Jordan Travis and him formed a great duo um, second half of the season. Where in the first half, Jordan Travis was spraying the ball around more. The second half, he really locked into Wilson as his um, go-to receiver in key moments, third down, um, in the red zone. He, he became their go-to target. So that that rep, um, repertoire really grew as the season went on. Travis was actually the highest-graded offensive player uh, in the ACC last season by Pro Football Focus. How's he been able to you know, develop into this good of a college quarterback? He wasn't nearly this good when he got there. Yeah, I think a lot of credit goes to um, Norvell and then um, quarterback's coach, uh, Tony Tokars, who have worked with him um, and just really built his confidence up. He still has the rushing ability, which we saw you know, the first few years, and then they get a special end display against Florida where he broke a couple tackles and got into the end zone on what should have been sacks. But um, – he has definitely grown confidence throwing, and of course, it helps to have the weapons around him. You know, last year, um, Johnny Wilson, Ontario Wilson, Trey Benson was the most elusive player according to Pro Football Focus. So, having better weapons, a much better improved offensive line, has helped him improve in that aspect as well. 
that leads exactly into what I was going to ask about next. The offensive line was awful uh, before Norvell arrived, and really maybe his first couple of years it wasn't particularly good. But last year, the, the, the ACC in rushing, you know, other than talent, are there some uh, issue, some reasons that they've gotten so much better in the offensive line? And I assume that, uh, you know, with several guys returning, and you mentioned at least with, the, you know, with the, I think a couple of running backs, how's all that going to work? I would assume rather well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned what the key there is um, a future head coach in um, Alex Atkins. Um, the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, who has um, re-ramped, re-ramped that room, has got players coming and buy into his philosophy of you know working hard, not taking plays off. In practice, he is on those offensive linemen as hard as anyone I've seen coach someone, but he loved those guys as well. So I think that's a key for them is just how Atkins coaches them, how he's coached them up, how he's got them to believe in the system and just be better players. I don't think it's the most physically talented um, offensive line room. I think it's probably the hardest working in ACC, though. Meanwhile, flipping this to the defensive side, Jared Verse decided to return and not leave for the NFL. What stands out most about his game, and what's his return mean for the rest of this defense? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm not sure you put Florida State as a top contender without the return of Jared Verse. I think that has helped a lot. He is someone who will get to the quarterback. He's shown improvement in the run game. I think that's where he needs to get better. But um, one thing Norvell said he wanted to see improve from um, Verse this year was his technique because the guy is a great player. He's a lives off his skills. But he's in, and that's something that was noticeable in spring practices. He's gotten his technique has been better. He's getting to his stance, getting out of it much quicker. So it would be interesting to see if he how that translates into the game to see if you could take that to the next level, become a better run stopper, become someone who is a – because there will be more double teams this year where teams know who he is and will identify him. So if you could beat that and still make an impact where he's locked in as the guy that everyone's watching, it could make for interesting to see how much he improves and what it does for his draft stock. Linebacker and the secondary. You know, they have some returning starters, but does that back seven have enough depth to survive the season? For defensive backs, I think um, I think so. They have some decent starters in Jack um, and Jones and Ventral Cypress, um, a Virginia transfer, um, and Greedy Van, and a few others. And they have some freshmen that I think could probably make an impact and play a little bit this year as well. For linebacker, that's the weakness of the um, defense and the weakness of biggest weakness I would say in the team. They do have some talent in Taylor Batum, who's returning, DJ Lundy, and a few others, but. Then they have to lean on a lot of freshmen to play as well. Um, potentially, that's where the potentially where I could see a pitfall for defense is how they defend the pass because that's some on um, running backs or if a wide receivers matchup and they struggle a bit last year, that could be interesting to see how that plays out. FSU, they've got eleven guys uh, that made uh, some level of an all ACC team from last year. But going back to my depth depth topic here, uh, you know, the depth is is that a question again for the really the entire team this season? Is that maybe something that Norvell hasn't quite had enough time to build up? Yeah, I think that's one thing is um, why I've called Florida State a playoff contender, but not a national championship contender. I don't think they have the depth of a Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. I think the starters could be just be good as just as good as. 
them as those three teams. But then, if, you know, football is an injury sport. So one injury away from if Trey Benson goes down, I'm not sure who you trust to be the lead back. If Johnny Wilson goes mm-hmm. back, is there? Um, I know they had Keon Coleman, but is there a wide receiver that you're scared of on, in a one-on-one matchup? If Jordan Travis goes down, obviously that's the season. I think that's true for most football teams. Is if your starting quarterback goes down, yeah. um, you're looking at a rough patch. But um, the same same thing on the other side of the ball. Cornerback, I think they have enough depth. Linebackers, defensive line. There's linebackers is a question mark. Defensive line, they have loaded that room. Offensive line, they've loaded the room. So, and in tight ends, they've loaded the room. So they have some positions where the depth is could match up. But then there's key areas like linebacker or obviously quarterback, running back, wide receiver that you kind of question, like, what happens if there's one injury to your top player? Okay, so what else should we be talking about regarding FSU? And, and what's uh, what would be some of the other keys to the season? Like we cover a few things, but uh, maybe we left some stuff out here. Yeah, I mean, um, I would mention the transfer the transfer edition of Keon Coleman, who has been um, – have heard reports of how he's fitting well has looked explosive. Could be interesting fit next to Johnny Wilson. I think Coleman comes at six three, six four. Johnny Wilson six seven. So that is some nice height, some you know winnable jump balls up there for them. For Jordan Travis, if he's in trouble, you have the tight end room with um, Jaheim Bell was a, a great addition from South Carolina, who I've um, a little bigger, but and not the same exact player, not the same skill set. But Norvell coached um, Tony Pollard and Antonio Gibson at Memphis, who are two players that um, I keep coming back for Bell as someone he could use in versatile option as out of the backfield, as a receiver, as a blocker. I, I'm excited to see what, how he fits into the offense and how he's used based on what Norvell has done in the past with players that have a similar skill set, Swiss Army Knife kind of player. And then um, other thing is, you know, who's going to be the backup quarterback? This is an interesting battle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Travis is a starter, one of the elite players in college football heading into next year. But who's behind him? Tate Rodmaker came in against Louisville, did well last year, but he has not been promised a backup role. A.J. Duffy's been um, battling him, and the freshman Brock Berlin, um, not Brock Berlin, sorry, Brock Lynn. Brock Berlin is a, another player, I, great player. I remember him. But, um, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lynn is a freshman who was um, really impressed during spring. So could he, if he works himself into the conversation – then you're looking at someone as the backup. You're looking at some, him as someone that could potentially start as a sophomore and take over when Travis leaves after the season. Okay, schedule-wise, FSU doesn't play in uh, UNC or Duke in the regular season. Does open, obviously, this regular season or the season against LSU. So, um, you know, assuming that that goes okay, does this regular season come down to September the 23rd at Clemson? I think so. I mean, I think the, I think the interesting thing about that with ACC doing its divisions this year is they could, if, yeah. as long as they beat LSU, they can afford to lose that Clemson game and get them in the ACC championship game and still be fine. So I think they have to go one and one um, against LSU Clemson in September to keep their hopes alive. Obviously, if they're two and zero, I think they're in the driver's seat and are a fav- a very a heavy favorite to make the college football playoffs. All right, so they lost last year in Tallahassee to Clemson, 34-28. So what does FSU need to get uh, to do to get over that Clemson hump, so to speak, this season? It's the middle five, um, middle five of um, the end of the, the last five minutes of the first half and first minute, 
first five minutes of the second half is where um, Clemson, I believe, scored three touchdowns and took just dominated in that yeah. span. Other than that, Florida State was pinging with them and actually leading. So I think you got to clean up that up, no turnovers, and just play a better game in those ten minutes of game time between at the end of the first half and the start of the second half. And I think they have a real shot to knock off Clemson on the road. Obviously, you got to battle um, Death Valley, which more than likely going to be a night game. Night game, so should be interesting. Okay, so back to Mike Norvell. Does he need an ACC championship this season to silence the critics, so to speak? I think he's earned himself um, that silence, but I don't think he's being in the hot seat again, but I think um, people are going to start questioning again if he's a coach at this level. So I do think an ACC championship would help, you know, prove that he belongs at the level and um, put him in some higher lower as an FSU coach. Sounds great. This has been great. We appreciate it. Uh, if this doesn't, if this goes well for uh, FSU, I'm sure we'll be checking back during the regular season. So thanks much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, that's excellent. Uh, you know, FSU, a lot of ASU background there, obviously with uh, Norvell and uh, and Wilson. And uh, once again, thanks to Hassan Kasim of the uh, Tallahassee Democrat. Excellent uh, info there from him.